0: For the love of Salt Lake Radio News. This is the untold story of what shaped radio news in the Salt Lake Valley over the past three decades. Our host and guide through the years is Maria Chileos on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
1: We've already learned of the exciting competition that existed in radio news in the late 70s between the four full-service news shops and also music stations that thought it was important to deliver news to their listeners. But a new president would soon set in motion a shift in federal policy and regulation that would change all that. In his first inauguration speech on January 20, 1981, the nation's 40th president, Ronald Reagan, gave birth to federal deregulation of the media industry. In this present
0: crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem.
1: The new president, faced with high inflation and high unemployment, felt that big government was part of the problem.
0: It is time to check and reverse the growth of government, which shows signs of having grown beyond the consent of the governed.
1: Reversing that growth meant the elimination of a number of long-standing rules that governed radio, TV, and newspapers, and an overall reduction in federal oversight of those operations. While the Federal Communications Commission began relaxing ownership rules that same year, the impact of that change in direction in Salt Lake's thriving news market didn't become apparent for several years. In 1983, the Simmons Radio Group embarked on a serious attempt to compete with KSL with Utah's first all-news format on KDYL.
0: News Radio
1: 1280.
0: KDYL. KDYL. Salt Lake City.
1: Although the station ran the Larry King Show from 10 to midnight, it billed itself as all-news all the time and used the slogan, Give us 20 minutes and we'll give you the world. General Manager Craig Hansen said they implemented the Westinghouse All News model, complete with the ticker tape running in the background. week, without this service, many Salt Lake residents will have little legal recourse. Betsy Teichel for KDYL News Radio 1280.
0: We had thirty to I think one time 30, 38 people we had. We had five news cars. We had three, four people in the sports department.
1: And with a sports update, here's Woody Chavis. Well, Pete
2: Rose did it tonight, got his record-breaking hit, led Cincinnati to a 2 We had
0: uh, a meteorologist. We had, it was, a. you know, I will say um, um, in all humility, it was a great-sounding radio station.
1: We were given beats, and I was criminal justice beat, um, although there were times that I I would have to go out on fires i think the barney clark story the artificial first artificial human heart that story broke so it was a very good attempt at being at doing serious news Karen Hurst, who is both a reporter and anchor at KDYL, said reporters worked hard to be first on the air with their stories while accurately delivering the news. Every news station, even at KSL, we kind of monitored what other stations were covering. We were all aware of what everybody else was doing and, of course, trying to be the first on the air with it accurately. After a nearly four-year effort, Hansen said the Simmons family was still unable to make a profit with the expensive format. Hansen said the station's limited signal prevented it from reaching a larger audience and the metro area's population wasn't large enough to sustain the format. He believes the station was just a few years ahead of its time.
0: We just didn't have the, the financial success that we we anticipated, and so regrettably we had to change it. But I'll tell you what, I've never had as much fun in my life as I had during those days running the all news station. Seeing the difference that the news could make in the lives of people. It was very important. It was a, it, The station was a factor.
1: While the demise of the market's first all-news station in the mid-80s can't be directly linked to deregulation, deregulation can be seen as an underlying factor in the decision-making process.
0: Maybe not directly, but maybe indirectly, in the back of our minds, subtly, you know, we don't have to do this as much. And when those requirements went away, we scratched our head and think, is there a you know, maybe there's a more economical, efficient, economically efficient way to do this. When you start to do that, when you start to think about that, I think it's can lead you on a downward spiral to, oh, what else can we cut? And what else can we cut? And pretty soon, I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. KSL was in a position that it could fortress itself pretty well from any competition because we were there, we had all the ties, we had it, uh, connections everywhere, and even... Uh, not just connections with uh, political figures and so forth, but electronic connections as well.
1: KSL's chief engineer, John Donnell, said the station had also been upgrading its wiring and implementing the latest technology as KSL Radio and TV created new facilities at what was being called Broadcast House at the newly built Triad Center complex in downtown Salt Lake City.
0: We have uh, fiber optic cable and uh, copper to the... Uh, jazz arena to the tabernacle to the top of the key bank building where our microwave receivers are Uh, we have downtown uh, into the uh, salt palace we have downtown pretty well wired and so we could jump on and get things a lot quicker than our competition because we didn't they didn't have those facilities and so there was a uh, there was an engineering advantage at that
1: point in 1985, the new owners of KLUB Radio made an attempt at full-service radio that included a fully staffed news department. They hired four general reporters, a traffic reporter, sports reporter, and news director, Dick Kelsey.
2: Well, the goal was uh, really to uh, uh, try to take, take on the, the stations in town that were already doing the news. That would be KSL and uh, KALL. We covered the, the state legislature and the governor really well. Breaking news, We, like I said, we had help from our uh, traffic reporter and pilot, uh, Brett Hewish. And we chased as many uh, ambulances as we could.
1: Kelsey credits his staff with covering a number of important news stories, including the deadly bombings contrived by document forger Mark Hoffman to cover up his forgeries.
0: A documents expert testified today that 21 manuscripts linked to Mark Hoffman betrayed evidence of forgery.
1: And the shuttle Challenger disaster. Throttling up, three engines now at 104%. Challenger, go and throttle up. Throttle, go up. Throttle up.
2: The local connection, part of the problem was... The seals that were on the tanks that propelled this, uh, the rocket, and they were made at Morton Thiokol. So that was a big local story for us.
1: But the story that got the station national news coverage was the rising waters of the Great Salt Lake. The Great
2: Inland Sea that touches the capital city of Utah has risen to its highest level in 139 years of record-keeping.
1: The flooding caused by the high water resulted in an estimated $260 million in property damages and prompted the state legislature to spend $60 million on gigantic pumps to prevent future damage.
2: KLUB Studios were located uh, in North Salt Lake. And uh, the uh, the Great Salt Lake rose that year, and uh, it rose so much that it that it reached the property of the radio station. I uh, had to take a boat from uh, the radio station proper out to the uh, tower to do maintenance and do whatever the engineers do. There was enough of a like a dike that was around it uh, to protect. Uh, the uh, station from being flooded out itself and um, it was like no other radio experience I ever had.
1: The radio station's unexpected flood mitigation costs and lower than expected profits prompted station management to lay off the news department within a year of embarking on the venture.
2: And so like uh, what so frequently happens is when ratings aren't uh, uh, reaching expectations Uh, management says how there's something wrong with our news and so they made changes there and laid off uh, several people I think that uh, at in the end of my tenure there I was the only one left
1: It was during that same year that the Federal Communications Commission began taking major steps toward deregulating the broadcast industry. In 1985, the FCC eliminated its guidelines for minimum amounts of non-entertainment content. At the same time, it eliminated guidelines on the maximum amount of advertising per hour. It also determined a long-standing policy called the Fairness Doctrine was no longer needed and began the process of eliminating it. As others were walking away from their commitment to news, the public radio station at the University of Utah, KUER FM 90, which relied heavily on student volunteers for much of its programming, began stepping up its news-gathering operation.
2: They wanted someone to start a professional news organization at KUER, and I thought I was the guy to do that, and they thought I was the guy to do that.
1: But the wheels of change didn't work quickly enough for News Director Rich Finlinson, who found it frustrating to try to do professional news with astute staff and limited resources. But
2: really, if you don't really have a financial commitment to it, if you're not willing to buy the equipment, and if you're not willing to help your news director understand your audience better, I mean, if I had it to do again, I think I could have done a better job with it. But I'm I'm grateful for the idea that when KUER decided we want to do news seriously, I got the first stab at it.
1: Finlinson laid the groundwork for what later developed into a full-time news staff. Utah lawmakers faced with a bare-bones budget and the partisan politics involved in an election year managed to get through their 1988 session without much controversy. Coming up on For the Love of Salt Lake Radio News, hear about some of the darkest days in radio news as news departments began to lay off their employees.